Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three, four. On 101 ESPN, Michelle Smallman and Danny Mack, who's sitting in for Randy Carriker today. And let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and welcome in senior MLB writer from the Sporting News. It's Ryan Fagan. Ryan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing well. It always amuses me to hear the celebrity line and then introduce me because I am not a celebrity, but it's always great to talk to you guys. Well, Ryan, if you're joining us on the show, if you're our guest, you're absolutely a celebrity in our eyes. There we go. That's nice of you to say. And we have to get in the uh, sponsorship, Ryan. So. <laughs> That's a celebrity. It. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Ryan, we've been dissecting the Cardinals' loss to the Brewers last night in extra innings yeah. a lot today. And, you know, Dan and I were just talking about the fact that this Cardinals team, it seems like they can feast on teams like the Royals and the Pirates. But when it comes to teams that have a winning record, they haven't fared so well this season. So as we're looking down the pipeline here, the Cardinals have a chance to take advantage of that that opportunity, put themselves in a position to maybe jump into that second wild card spot. But in order for them to get there, what do you think this Cardinals team needs to do? Well, I mean, they ha- they have to take care of business against the other teams. You know, I mean, I looked at it a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago, and the Cardinals had a stretch of 21 games where 16 of them were against the Pirates or the Royals. And a friend of mine asked me, he said, what would have to happen for the Cardinals to get back into consideration to be in the conversation? I was like, well, in those 16 games against the Royals, and Pirates, they, they have to go 14-2, and two, right? They, they basically had to win to that level against those teams because they have struggled so much against the Brewers and the teams that are over 500. So far in that stretch, the Cardinals are 8-1 and one against the, the Pirates and the Royals, and that's why we've seen them crawl back into the wild card race. You know, they're, they're within a reasonable striking distance. You know, it's not likely that they're going to get there, but it's no longer – crazy to think that they might whereas when you look at the division right they're 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 not catching the brewers they weren't catching the brewers heading into this series um and they certainly are catching them after losing these two because the reality is is even if the cardinals play great baseball to catch the brewers milwaukee would have had to fall apart right and with a rotation like they have a bullpen like they have and now a lineup that they have with trades for adamas and escobar and telez over the past couple months they're just not going to fall apart like that. So realistically, the Cardinals can look at Cardinals fans and say, well, we have a chance at the wild card and we have to beat the teams you know, that are at the bottom of their division. And so far, they've done a good job with that in the past couple of weeks. Were you at the game last night, Ryan? I was at the game Tuesday. I was not at the game last night. Did you watch a game last night? <laughs> I, I, I did see what happened. Yeah, there was a. That was a, a gut punch. You know, I watched a little bit at home, and I actually texted a buddy 
um, after the second inning, I said, if, if Flaherty has a, a no hitter going into the seventh, I'm driving up to the ballpark. Cause, <laughs> you know, he looked pretty good and it looked like, you know, that might happen. And it felt like a game that, you know, the Cardinals should win if you're getting a performance like that out of him. But, you know, I mean, the Brewers, they just have so many guys in that lineup that can beat you on any one swing. And, you know, we saw with Avisal Garcia do that. Um, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a shot in the big Mac land, but they all count the same. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious on a couple of things of what you thought. Schilt uh, pitching to Yelich. what do you think about that? And uh, not that it cost in the game. I, did, I was just curious of what – as a national guy that watches this stuff, and I was saying, I don't think you can throw out Arenado in that spot. Now, there might be some magic words that were said, and maybe they took it too far, and I'm sure Alan Porter was hearing it a lot uh, from the Cardinal yeah. dugout, but um, and maybe just had had enough. But I was curious on those two things. What do you think about pitching to Yelich, first base open, and then um, the ejection of Nolan Arenado? Yelich, it's, it's a strange thing this year. I mean, you know, obviously he finished, you know, one in MVP, finished second in MVP in 18 and 19. You know, but this year he's a guy who, I mean, his on-base percentage this year is higher than his slugging percentage. Right. Which is crazy to think that a guy who had a slugging percentage combined over 600 for two years in a row would be in that situation. So I can see maybe trying to do something with that. You know, I mean, I'm not sure that I would recommend it because he's still Christian Yelich and it's still – even though it's slugging his way down, his on-base percentage, you know, it's still 370, 380. That's still a really good percentage. With with Arenado, I mean, it, it feels like watching the replay, there probably was a magic word. Said. And I think he probably thought, I'm not looking at him. You know, I stopped looking at him. I'm walking towards first, third base. He maybe thought that he was in the clear there. But, you know, I think it felt like a – let's just say he didn't exhaust every ounce of patience he could have with Arenado, but, you know, sometimes that's not on the, the, um, the umps to do, you know, and you say those magic words and sometimes you're, you're giving them the opportunity to run you. And I think that's kind of what happened there. Ryan Fagan is our guest, senior baseball writer for the Sporting News. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Ryan Fagan. That's F-A-G-A-N. And Ryan, we talked about what the Cardinals need to do in order to jump into that second wild card spot. And it seems like the Padres may be helping their cause. They just got swept by the Rockies. They have the toughest strength of schedule, I believe, remaining out of baseball. And it seems like if the Cardinals can just handle their business, the Padres and perhaps the Reds may may do them some favors and put them in a good position here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, I think Cardinal fans at the trade deadline looked at it and said, wait, the best we can get is Jay Happ and John Lester. We're, 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 are we that in that big of trouble? But then Padres fans looking at it and said, well, we didn't even trade for Jake Arrieta. He was cut by the Cubs, a team that needed anything they could get after trading everything they had at the trade deadline. And they signed Jake Arrieta and gave him a start right away. And you know, we saw what happened the first inning of the first game he pitched, gave up a couple runs, a couple hits, and they wound up losing that game. So, yeah, the Padres are uh, in, in more dire straits than I think anyone expected them to be, a team with that much talent. Part of it is they haven't been healthy, as healthy as they want. Part of it is the guys who have been out there, especially in the, the pitchers, just haven't been as good as they expected, and they haven't been – pitching up to their career norms in the past couple of months. And that's all of a sudden created this opportunity. I mean, and, and Cardinals fans know 
better than anyone, sometimes it's just about getting to October, right? You don't have to get to October with a 103-win season to have a chance to win in October. You just have to get there. And I think, you know, if you're allowing yourself to think, what if the Cardinals get there? Then you look at a rotation that has Flaherty if he's healthy, you know, which, you know, he certainly has looked in the two starts since he's been back, and, and Wainwright doing what he's doing, and, you know, a lineup that can be good if Carlson's back there and healthy. And, you know, this is a chance that it's a team that could have some fun in October. You have to get there, and at least, as you said, you know, I mean, because, look, I'm not a big person that says, schedules matter because you still have to win the games, right? There's still major league baseball teams. There's still major league baseball talent, but let's not kid ourselves. There's a difference between facing the pirates and Royals all the time and having a schedule that includes a ton against the Dodgers and giants, even though, you know, the Cardinals do play the Dodgers down the stretch. So yeah, I mean, the the Cardinals have an opportunity. It's not one that's a great opportunity, but, you know, and they, they have a, a chip in a chair, and I think it, it, it should make for an interesting couple uh, last five, six weeks in the season. Ryan Fagan does a great job covering baseball for the Sporting News. Uh, check out his work, always taking a unique look at the sport. I, I look at the, the Brewers, um, and now with what's happened, they are 74-47. and 47. Michelle mentioned just how well they're playing on the road. They're 22 above 500 away from home. And I, I just sit there and I look at a game like last night. That had to be their game of the year. You know, the way that uh, it all unfolded with their bullpen and their bullpen was great. And then how things kind of melted down at the end for the Cardinals. They get Willie Adamas. And I'm saying, wait a minute, Willie Adamas, MVP, could be. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm saying, okay, they go out and get Eduardo Escobar. He's a very good player from Arizona. Abby Sale Garcia, career high in home runs. He's now eight shy of his RBI total of uh, his best of 80. They go out and get Rowdy Telez. All of a sudden, he starts to hit. Sometimes you just look at a team and you go, man, this is their year. And this might be it for Milwaukee. Yeah, I think so. I think that last night was certainly one that they'll look back at and say, okay, well, not that you clinch a division at this point in in August, but, you know, that, that felt like a, a pretty big statement win, especially because I think, you know, there are Brewers fans. I had a couple of them on Twitter kind of, you know, ask me, you know, should I be worried about the Cardinals? You know, because they've done it before, right? But I, I think that that was a game that um, kind of shows – what this Brewers team is, right? And it's a very good team. And, you know, you brought up Willie Adamas. I actually have a, a story going up on him that's going to go live in the next uh, probably 10 minutes after we get off the phone here. Um, but I talked to him at the ballpark on Tuesday and, you know, just kind of about the impact that he's had and getting away from Tropicana Field. He, over the last three years in his home ballpark for the Rays, he hit, I think it was like a buck 79 at home, right? Which is awful. He hit like 315 on the road in those, in those same years. And so the Brewers looked at him and said, okay, well, we're going to get him out of there. We're going to trade a couple of major league start our major league relief pitchers that are good pitchers, but we're going to get Willie Adamas. We're going to take him out of that situation. We're going to give him a chance to pretend like he's playing all of his games on the road. And he's, he's thrived. He's been phenomenal for them. You know, and it's funny to think that a guy, who I mean, he was hitting at uh, 197 when the trade was made. It's funny to think that that's a guy that's going to get top five votes in the National League MVP race after spending you know 41 games 
playing in the American League, but he really has been phenomenal, exactly what they needed. Yeah, it's a great story, no doubt. Ryan, speaking of MVPs, Dan and I have been so busy breaking down the Cardinals game last night. We haven't even oh, mentioned. we've had a blast, too. We have just been having a great morning. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned Shohei Otani, who hit his 40th yeah. home run last night. Oh, by the way, this is after he pitched eight great innings last night. He has 40 home runs as a hitter. He's only given up 33 home runs as a pitcher so far this season. So when we talk about MVP, it feels like he has that wrapped up, but it's kind of hard to process what he's doing right now. Yeah, it really is. You know, I mean, I think that I had my first uh, MVP vote, official vote, back in the year that Clayton Kershaw won. I think it was 2014, right? And in that in that race, you were trying to balance Clayton Kershaw against Andrew McCutcheon and Giancarlo Stanton, both guys hitters who are having great years. And it's it's easy to compare hitters versus hitters or pitchers versus hitters, but trying to compare a pitcher versus a couple of hitters, you know, it, there's not that same level of comparison so you have to kind of look at it and talk to people and and do other research and that's kind of almost the same way with the al mvp race with otani and vlad guerrero jr if you just look at the hitting numbers i think guerrero has a slight advantage they're close in home runs they're close in rbis but guerrero is you know 40 points higher in, in on base percentage 40 points higher in batting average, his OPS plus is higher. His war is a little bit higher. So you give him the slight edge there. But then, oh, yeah, Shohei Otani is one of the best pitchers in the American League. And it's crazy to think that the reason that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not going to win the MVP is because he doesn't pitch. So that's really (laughs) what it is. He's not an all-star pitcher, too, so he's going to lose the MVP race. Nobody in the history of baseball has lost an MVP race because they didn't pitch or because they were a pitcher and didn't hit. And it's just crazy to think that that's what's happened. Um, but that's really, I mean, what, what Otani's doing, it's, it's so much fun. You know, and Blue Jays fans have tweeted at me, like, I can't even be mad because we're watching this, this guy do things we've never seen before. Our, sure, our guy's not going to win an MVP when he's having an MVP-type season. But, you know, that's what's Ota- what Otani's been doing. And I feel like we've all been really lucky to get to watch him be healthy for as long as he has this season. I was encouraged uh, to see at least both sides. I'll wrap it up with this, but both sides are talking. Uh, not much yeah. was leaked, but uh, I said to the, we were talking about this earlier. It just, and Michelle said it best. I can't remember the exact verbiage, but she was like, um, read the room understand what's going on in society, uh, get a deal done, basically is what yeah. I'm paraphrasing, Michelle. I mean, yeah, have some self-awareness. Self-awareness, that, that's what it was. Um, and I, I think that's going to happen. Would you agree with that, and we'll have baseball without a hitch? I hope so, but they, they did not read the room last year Ooh, boy. when they were trying to figure out how to have a 60-game season. So the, the skeptic in me says, yeah, we'll see. Both sides are pretty dug in. But, yeah, it's, it's nice to see them having – uh, official meetings. You know, I talked to a couple of members, um, uh, Garrett Cole and Marcus Simeon on the MLBPA board at the all-star games. Just like kind of how are you guys approaching this? And they both said, you know, they feel like at least on their side, they've been having conversations. They know what they want. They feel more prepared last year. It kind of blindsided them a little bit with what happened in the negotiations to try to get that season going. Cause obviously nobody could prepare for that. Right. But it, he, they both said they felt like that kind of helped the players understand what they wanted, what they needed to do and how to approach these conversations. Cause it could very well get ugly. Right. But, 
yes, hopefully they read the room and they, they see there are all these different things going on in the world and they're all still going to make a ton of money. Let's just keep the sport going without any sort of hitch, any sort of stoppage like we've had in 81 and 94, 95. Let's, let's, let's avoid all that this time around. Let's hope so. He's Ryan Fagan, senior baseball writer for the Sporting News. Follow him on social media at Ryan Fagan. He mentioned he has a great piece coming out about Willie Adamas. We're going to be sure to check for that. And also, he has a piece up right now about eight Major League Baseball stars, 37 or older, that are still making an impact in the majors. You're going to want to check that one out if you're a Cardinals fan. Two guys you know on the list. Great stuff, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully we talk to you again soon. I enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. That's Ryan Fagan on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.